0: Hey everyone, and welcome to Music Madness. I'm your host, Kent. This is the final episode in the first season of the Music Madness podcast. This season has been all about the Grammys, Album of the Year Award, and all of the winners all the way since the award started back in 1959. Just as a reminder how our seasons are going to work on Music Madness is that I'm going to pick a theme... Rank a group of albums, artists, or songs based on a predetermined criteria. Then the listeners like you are going to get an opportunity to vote for your favorites. And we're going to move through the different rounds until we arrive at an eventual champion. What we're doing this weekend is picking our champion for the Grammys Album of the Year season. I'll be honest, I'm messing around a little bit with the format going into season two. As, and there will be a couple little tweaks here and there. So I'm thinking next season might be a little different, but hopefully it'll still be just as fun to kind of walk through uh, some music. In this album, we're going to explore the path that each of these final two albums had to take in order to get to the final. Starting all the way back at the original Grammy album of the year win and who their opponents were. It'll kind of be a review of what we've gone through in this entire season. Just as a reminder, our final two albums and our finalists are 1984's Thriller by Michael Jackson and 1978's Rumors with the British Spelling by Fleetwood Mac. So we're going to start the review with Thriller's entire path to the final, starting all the way back in 1984 and the albums that they beat in order to win that year. As a reminder, Michael Jackson was up against a who's who of 80s artists Let's Dance by David Bowie, An Innocent Man by Billy Joel, Synchronicity by The Police, and Flashdance, the soundtrack. I was going back through my previous podcast and I noticed that I totally ignored Flashdance's album when I was reviewing what he had beat. I had no idea that that movie was produced by Jerry Bruckenheimer. A dude has been making movies forever, all the way up until the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. And even more recently, he's been making other stuff, too. That album probably was Michael's biggest competition, and I totally ignored it. There are songs like What a Feeling and Maniac, and those are just 80s bangers of epic proportion. And I totally left that album off the conversation. So, not as surprising that he did win, because... Thriller is one of the biggest albums of all time. But nonetheless, I completely ignored what was probably his biggest competitor that season, that year. The night of the Grammys, Michael Jackson set a record that still stands for the most Grammys in one night. Jackson won eight Grammys, which is, like I said, still the record. Best album of the year. He won best pop vocal performance male for Thriller. He won record of the year. He won Best Rock Performance, male, for Beat It. He won Best R&B Song. He won Best R&B Vocal Performance, male, for Billy Jean. Producer of the Year, non-classical. And this one is totally for a loop. Uh, Best Recording for Children for the E.T. Storybook. The last one is a bit out of sorts. He narrated the audiobook for the E.T. movie, Such a random thing to win a Grammy for, especially if he's going to set a record for eight Grammys. But it still does count, I guess. But just kind of knowing where he ended up in life, like with things like that, it was just still funny that he was narrating children's books back in 1984. He ended up winning Grammys for his three biggest songs for producing for record of the year, as well as the album. He pretty much won it all. It's crazy that we're now approaching 40 years later and that record still stands for most Grammys ever won in a year. And looking back through the bracket that we had to go through, I think Thriller might have had the hardest route to the finals of any of the four number one seeds that were in our bracket. The modern bracket, as I called it, was stacked. We had two Paul Simon albums, Adele, Taylor Swift, Eric Clapton, and Billy Joel all in that bracket. That's what you'd call battle-tested for this album. The first round matchup wasn't really a challenge as Michael's Thriller knocked off Peter Mancini's music from the Peter Gunn with 100% of the vote. If you remember, that was the soundtrack from a TV show in the 1950s. Everyone knew he was going through on that round. Round two got a little more contentious when he ran into Eric Clapton's 1993's Unplugged. It was Clapton's like best of album where he did everything in an acoustic version. Clapton had beat Lionel Richie's Can't Slow Down in the first round handily. So this was Jackson's first real test. However, he passed it getting 93% of the vote. The biggest challenge he ran into was in the Sweet 16 when he ran into 1971's Bridge Over Troubled Waters by Simon and Garfunkel. I know some members of the Discord server are still salty over this one. One user was saying that he was going to vote against MJ the entire way just because Thriller had knocked off his album. Uh, I said at the time that I thought the winner of that matchup might end up winning the whole thing. It looks like that might be right. Looking back, I feel like I might have seeded Bridge Over Troubled Waters a little low. And know what? Uh, this is supposed to be tough. So I'm, I'm not too sad that they were a little low, but, um, you know, it was still by far the toughest matchup they ran into this time through, although it didn't get all that easier in the next round. His next matchup was Adele's 21. The biggest thing that I learned in this podcast was that Adele was discovered on MySpace. Might be the craziest thing I've learned. I had no idea. I never really thought, hmm, I wonder where Adele came from, but now I know. That's one of the fun things about doing this whole thing, is that I'm, I'm learning more about music. Um, I'm sure this isn't the last time we'll learn some totally random fact about an artist, but it probably is the first time that I've learned something that was completely off the wall that I wasn't expecting. In the final four, it was a matchup for the ages. I know I've been talking about the Rolling Stones' top 500 albums, which we'll probably have to revisit at some point as one of the themes, but... I've been reading it more and more, and as we go, and Carole King's Tapestry is number 25 on that list. So I did find it interesting our top four albums were all in the top 25. I didn't realize when I did the last podcast, but King was the first woman to win Record of the Year and Song of the Year in the same year. Carol King is one of the artists I hadn't heard of before we started this podcast, and I'm incredibly glad that I got to know more of her story and her music as part of the process, and I'll, I'll always kind of now know all of the things that she's done and all the songs she wrote and who she was, which makes this a lot of fun, right? Like, it's just kind of learning about something I didn't know before, and I'm hoping that this will be an opportunity to expand my knowledge of music and music history as we go through a number of different seasons and themes over time. Michael's opponent is also a number one seed. It's Fleetwood Mac's Rumors. And they have been one of the fan favorites going through this entire podcast in the process. The listeners love Rumors from Fleetwood Mac. It's funny, I, try, I was trying to get um, the social media accounts for this podcast off the ground. And every time I post something Fleetwood Mac... It's pretty much guaranteed engagement on social media if I do post something about this album. I haven't had anything go viral yet, but by far the best performing posts I've had have been about Fleetwood Mac, this album, and having people uh, just kind of see it and react to it. And we're going to start all the way back in 1978 when they won Album of the Year. And I would say they probably had one of the toughest groups to get through in the Grammy of the Year. So I know I've talked a lot about the top 500 albums from Rolling Stone while doing this pod. It's tough not to because it's such a massive list of great albums. Well, it's kind of crazy because in 1978, three of the albums nominated for Album of the Year were in the top 150 on that list. Aja by Steely Dan was number 68, and Hotel California from the Eagles was number 118. I'm not going to do the work on this, but that has to be one of the toughest Grammy years ever because Fleetwood Mac, I'm not going to say what rank they are yet. I'll tell you a little bit, but they were also in there. JT by James Taylor wasn't on there, but one of his other albums was, and dang it, the Star, Star Trek soundtrack should be in the top 500. Rumors should have won that year, but man, that is an absolutely crazy list to be just in in the Grammys for that year. Like Thriller, Rumors holds its own Grammys record. In the history of the Grammys, it's one of only six albums ever to win the Grammy for Album of the Year and nothing else. They were oddly only nominated for three Grammys that year. Album of the Year, Pop, Vocal Performance and Best Arrangement for Voices. They lost pop vocals to the Bee Gees song, How Deep Is Your Love, which happened to be off Saturday Night Fever, which won album of the year next year. I guess back in the day there were different qualification time periods for albums and singles, so who knew that you could uh, you know win the song one year and then the album the next. And they lost vocal arrangements to the Eagles' New Kid in Town, which was one of the biggest al- songs of that year. So, Rumors really had a tough year for the Grammys, and they came out of their pretty well-winning album of the year, but as I look back, um, they kind of had an easy path through our brackets. not going to knock them because they crushed what was in front of them, but the soundtrack bracket was probably the weakest bracket out there. I know Saturday Night Fever sold a ton of albums in the 70s, but Disco hasn't aged all that well. Um, it's aged about as well as a cheap bottle of wine and Oh Brother Where Art Thou was kind of novel and was big in the time, but you know, kind of banjo folk music isn't, uh, everybody's cup of tea. They shouldn't have even won the year they did because Outcast should have beat out Oh Brother Where Art Thou that year with Stankin- Stankonia. And The Bodyguard had some really great Whitney songs, but they're probably the weakest number two seed- that we actually had because they were the only number two seed that lost right so it's not uh, a great bracket we had to kind of put the soundtracks in there but they weren't the the toughest competition you could have seen however rumors took down all comers they they didn't just win they crushed everything that came in front of them so let's talk through their ride in round one they ran into three-time grammy winner Frank Sinatra and his album, Come Dance With Me, from 1960, which was the second winner of Grammy's album of the year ever. Frank did get 3% of the vote versus them, which at the time seemed like nothing, but compared to some of the other results that rumors had, uh, it was uh, was actually pretty close. So interestingly, both of our finalists had to vanquish Paul Simon in some way, shape, or form. Thriller had to go through Bridge Over Troubled Waters, and Rumors had to deal with Still Crazy after all these years. This isn't Simon's best album, but it was his uh, resurgence. Rumors swept him aside, though, with 97% of the vote again. When Rumors ran into an actual soundtrack, they crushed. Both Oh Brother Where Art Thou and Saturday Night Fever lost 100% to zero. I mean, they didn't even up a fight. No one thought that those two albums were better than rumors. This is what I mean. The soundtracks are great, but very few soundtracks can actually stand up to a well put together artists album when it has kind of one voice or one group kind of putting it all together. So um, it, it wasn't even a contest at that point in this, the competition. However, their biggest competition did come in the final four. I'm actually shocked to find out that until the latest reiteration, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band had been number one on the top 500 list from Rolling Stones in 2002 and 2013. Sgt. Pepper's was number one in the version that was put out in 2020. The album fell down to number 24. This is still one of the highest ranked albums in the competition but it really didn't matter for rumors as they totally just like pushed them aside with 63% of the vote to move on to the finals today. So now down to the match, not much more I can really say about these two. I think we've kind of examined them through and through learned about as much as we possibly can. They're two of the biggest albums of all time. Referencing back to the top 500 list, we actually have a number of top 25 albums in the competition including these two. In our competition, the albums were number four, Songs in the Key of Life by Stevie Wonder. I think back to that album and how much I really enjoyed getting to know that one. Um, I'm shocked that it's number four, but still it, it really was a absolutely great album. The next highest ranked album is actually number seven and it's rumors from Fleetwood Mac. It's really not that surprising. ...that they're this high after I've learned more and more about them and listened to the music more and more. I do want to say that learning about Rumors is exactly why I started doing this. I know I've taken a bit of flack about my lack of knowledge around this album before we got the process started... But I think this is like why I wanted to do it was I wanted to kind of dive into older music. And now I feel like I know quite a bit about this album and I'm excited to get to know it better over time. As I keep going through life, I'm always trying to learn something new. So hopefully you've learned something in this podcast about an album or an artist or two as we've kind of gone through the process. I'm actually kind of surprised, but on the top 500 list, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill is their 10th ranked album. I love that album. I love those songs on it. Um, But I think it feels like 10 is really high for that album. But you know, what do I know? I'm just a a noob learning about music. At number 12 is Thriller. So our finalists are both inside the top 15. They're both ranked within five ranks of each other. So not surprising that the great best-selling album of all time is inside the top 15. But before I get to the results, who won this thing? I want to thank you all of you who took the time to vote during all this. You made this podcast work. Without voters, we wouldn't have the results to talk about. Nothing would have moved forward. We wouldn't have this winner that we're about to talk about. It would have just largely been me talking about what I think. And no one wants to hear that. That's that's lame and boring, right? Like they want to hear what a group of people like you that come in and vote and give me your opinion think and the the bigger the group we get the better the results are going to be before we get to the champion someone pointed out to me that i should have included a third place matchup and that's totally my bad we should have had sergeant pepper lonely heart club band versus tapestry this week too I'll do that on Discord and social media afterwards for those of you who are on those things. If you haven't joined yet, click on the link in the description or go on to social media and follow us on Instagram or Twitter. And I'll put out a couple polls there. I'll pull everything together. Maybe I'll do a small little pod just to talk about who would have taken third place. Um, But I do think it's a good thing for next time to try and to try and bring that into the mix. So we're finally there. Who won this whole thing? This album will now be held up as the greatest Grammy Album of the Year winner of all time. Of our 65 albums that participated, there can be only one. And your winner is... Rumors by Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac won 72% of the vote versus Thriller. And it's not really a surprise. They dominated this entire competition. Their closest vote was versus the Beatles of all bands. And it was Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Club's band, which was number one as the greatest album of all time. They still beat it with 63% of the vote. They just straight up abused everybody that came up against them. They didn't have a close vote in the entire tournament because 63% isn't really close. They're a well-deserving champion, and I applaud anyone that thought that they should win this whole thing. I think our championship cup... Going forward, will be called the Rumors Cup, until some other band or artist or album or song has such a dominating competition throughout the entire season, or at least until I can come up with a better name. So, congratulations to Fleetwood Mac for winning the very first season of March Madness. So, with that, we are through our first season. I hope you had a lot of fun listening, learning a bit about albums, and following along as we progressed through the albums who won Grammy of the Year. I know I learned a ton, and I'm chomping at the bit to get started on the next season. So when should you expect that? I'm thinking I'll start out on the next full season, the second week of July in 2023. I've learned through this that I need to do a little bit more prep work before I start recording because it takes a lot of prep work every week to pull this stuff together. And I travel for work in the middle of July, and then there's the 4th of July holiday in the U.S., so I don't want to try recording during that. I won't go radio silent during those few weeks. I want to do a few what could have been matchups. I'll try and see who could have won in a few hypothetical matchups of maybe similar style albums or different ones. I don't know. I'll try and run a few through social media and on Discord. I'll also start teasing next season. I'm going to start now. I already know what my next theme is, and I think it's going to be a little bit more sporadic. It's going to be our first season that will do where the topic is artists versus this season's been all about albums. It's going to be based off a category versus a lift list that already exists. So I think the seating might be a little bit more subjective than prescriptive like the Grammys were. I'm pretty excited to get this going and see what it looks like, but I need to do some legwork first. So that's why I think I'm going to push this next season out until um, early July. Anyhow, thank you so much for listening, participating, and being part of this experiment. I feel like this concept is just getting started, so I really appreciate you getting it on the ground floor. If you could, subscribe to the podcast, follow our Instagram, and Twitter feeds. As we start building towards Season 2, I'll start putting out things on there. I'll, I may put out a couple preview pods. I'm going to post some things on social media, and I'll try and build some hype for the next season. I'm not going to announce what the theme is yet, but I'm hoping to start teasing it pretty soon. With that, thank you so much for being part of Season 1 of Music Madness. And remember, you may not like the results, but you can't argue with the process. If you don't like how things are going, the only way to change it is to invite more of your friends with similar music tastes to vote. And most of all, don't forget to enjoy the Madness.